Ephesians 3.10. If you have a Bible, go ahead and pull it up. Otherwise, I'll read it. Um, this is my favorite verse on the multi-ethnic church in the entire Bible. Um, I know a lot of people go to Revelation 7, all nations, tribes, tongues. That's a beautiful vision of where we're going. Um, I know a lot of people go to Ephesians chapter 2, this dividing wall of hostility being torn down. Um, but my favorite verse in the Bible about the multi-ethnic church is Ephesians 3.10. And it says this, God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in his rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Two reasons why I think this is my favorite verse. One is almost never does God reveal why he does something in the Bible. I've tried to look for those answers. Anyone who's ever been through suffering, anyone who's ever been through a hard season, anyone who's ever been through a season of uncertainty and has looked for why answers in the Bible, y'all know what I'm talking about. There's not a lot of why answers in the Bible. This is one of the very few, this is why I'm doing this verses. Why did God send Jesus to tear down the dividing wall of hostility? Why does Jews and Gentiles forming one new man, like why is he doing this? Is because he wanted to put himself on display to creation itself. Look at what it says. God's purpose in all this, all this being the dividing wall of hostility, verses 8, right? The privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Jesus, Jesus Christ, this mysterious plan of God kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose was that his wisdom, his multifaceted, multicolored wisdom to the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places. Y'all, there is a story that the multi-ethnic church tells about who God is that the mono-ethnic church cannot tell. It's just not possible. That's why this was God's idea. And so let me tell you some of the conversations I have with pastors who I've been trying to encourage to pursue this in their churches. One, oh, we tried it before. It doesn't work. Oh, two, we hired this guy. It didn't work. Three, um, it, it, you know, this, this is the South. Things are just different here. So that's when I was a director of One Charleston doing other stuff. And so planted Radiant Church, got it to be this, this self-sustaining multi-ethnic church. And then the response has shifted to, well, you can do that because of who you are. Right? Not, oh, the church should do this because of who God is. Y'all... I'm going to say this, and I know we're in the middle of, of grieving loss and uncertainty and all these things are changing. But if, if all it takes for Radiant to fail is me leaving, everybody was right. Everybody was right. If it takes this singular, unique personality to pull this thing off, then every other pastor is off the hook. Every other church is off the hook. Because, well, I'm not that guy. I can't do it, and I don't have to do it. So here's what I'm asking. I'm not asking you to, to prove people wrong. That's a bad reason to do anything. But God himself says creation is watching. And the reason I did it is to show this off to creation itself. And so if the angels and the unseen powers and rulers are watching, so is North Charleston. So is West Ashley, so is Somerville, so is Goose Creek. 
if all we were is an extension of me and my personality, my gifting, then we don't have a right to exist as a church. And we should shut down and everyone should leave. But if we are really a people held together by the spirit, yes, there is a loss of gifting, right? Because everyone brings something unique and, 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 and necessary to the kingdom. I'm not saying there's not going to be any changes, any grief, any loss. But if we can survive that and even thrive in a different way after that, I think that tells a story about the power of the Boteth and gospel that now becomes a little bit more undeniable to the onlooker. Now, my pastor friend can't say, well, you can do that because that's just who you are, but I, don't, I, I can't do that. Now, he don't get to say that no more. That may not be a win for you, but man, that's a win for me. As a pastor who's been pleading with pastors to do this, we started a podcast telling all the things so that people didn't have to pay for it, have to go to a workshop. We just gave away. Here's how we do it, y'all. Everything from groups to hiring to staff to preaching. If you listen to the Cross Culture Collective podcast, that's everything we do as a church. Because we wanted to give it away because we felt like every church can do something in this area to reflect the reality. Man, I know some of y'all are praying for y'all families to come to Jesus. And I know this true in my life and my friends. Part of the reason why some of my friends reject Jesus is because the Jesus they know isn't the Jesus of the Bible. It's just the Jesus of the segregated church they grew up in. And they don't want that Jesus. And they come here, other churches like this, and not only do they hear about a different Jesus, but they see a different Jesus. Right? Don't, it is going to be hard. Things are going to change. And I know some of us came from churches that went through a similar change. I'm not, I'm not being prescriptive here. I'm encouraging you that I believe that Radiant is actually going to prosper in my absence because that's how God proves that it's him. Because where does God's glory go if Radiant fails in my absence? And I know God's about a lot of things, but I know God's about his glory above all things. And so if you leave Radiant Church, you're just going to miss it. My only regret in going to L.A., if I ever have one, will be not having a front row seat to what God does next. That'll be my only regret. And if you leave, that'll be your regret too. I'm not saying you shouldn't leave. Maybe you need a, a different place. Maybe all this stuff is hard. I get it. But for God's glory's sake, I believe deep in my heart that he's going to just breathe on this place so that he is clear about who should get the credit for what happened. Because that's just how God works. So whatever I brought as a, as a pastor, as a teacher, as a friend, yes, we are now all going to have to bring a piece of that. No one person is going to be responsible for what I was doing, but I think we as a church individually are going to be responsible for a piece of that, that piece of that mission-mindedness, a piece of that alignment, a piece of that intentional making room for other people, or a piece of that, a piece of these things, but I believe God can do it. If for no other reason to prove that it was him all along and not me. And so Ephesians 3.10, man, is my personal rallying cry, is God is showing himself off to creation through the Motathan church, and we just get to be the privilege of riding that wave.
And I believe that wave is going to surge in my absence for God to be clear about who was doing it all along. Because if I leave and Radiant fails, it won't be clear. It won't be clear. And so God, will, I want God to get the glory that he deserves. And I know God wants to get the glory that he deserves. And so I believe what happens next at Radiant will make it clear that it was God all along. And so I'm asking you to be a part of that. You may not. This, I, I get it, Radiant Reimagine, uh, leadership changing, elders changing. It's, it's a lot. I, man, I understand. It's a lot for me. That's a lot for me to, to, to pry this thing out of my hand and give it to somebody else. Um, but for those who have the capacity to not just stay, but maybe shift gears and invest, man, what happens next at Radiant is going to be a marvel to behold. A marvel to behold.